everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 4, Episode 16. It's called Galaxy's Child. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. Uh, this episode features two plots that you know ultimately merge into one, but we have Leah Brahms, the <laughs> the, the fantasy engineer woman that Jordy kind of fell in love with in the holodeck when he had the computer recreate her. And then also, of course, we have this alien life form, which is a, a space, you know, vacuum living life form, which ultimately the Enterprise encounters and maybe accidentally kills and then is sort of burdened with the task of making sure it's new child because the creature is pregnant. Which- which they have to perform a C-section on. Which they do, yes, with with uh, giant phaser beams uh, from the ship. And then escort... So that's the two plots, right? So so they're kind of responsible for this alien life form. It doesn't even have a name, because it's new. They don't have a name for it. Uh, there's even a funny little joke where, because they're calling the, 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 the child of this, like, a couple of them refer to it as Junior, and Data sort of says, oh, is, is that the name of the species now? Are we calling it Junior? And it's like, no, Data, no. <laughs> that's not... Not, not what that means. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's, that's just the episode. Um, what did you make of this one? I thought the Geordie plot was quite enjoyable, surprisingly. Um, it's the sort of thing where, especially on this show, we've seen these kind of faux romantic plots be kind of dreadful, let's be mm-hmm. honest, a lot of the time. Uh, this one was quite enjoyable, I suspect, because the two actors have quite a bit of chemistry. So it works. Yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted on this one. I, I, I like the overall point of it. I like the message that it's kind of getting across, uh, which is ultimately that Jordy has this fantasy. It's this woman that he he kind of had this imaginary version, which yes was aided with like the history of the real person, but it was this you know. Uh, you I think know. it's a another example of Trek kind of being ahead of its time in many ways mm. in that this this feels very much the reality of, of the internet right now, I guess, where you have yeah. all this information just available on pretty much anyone. Yeah, you could correlate this as a celebrity or, or even someone who is just kind of on YouTube where someone feels like they know the person because they've watched them in enough videos or something like that. and then Or maybe they read their posts on social media and they think, oh, I like this person. I would consider this person a friend because I feel like I know them from this kind of thing. Yeah, there's mm. a lot of stuff in present day you could kind of transport this across to and it works quite well um it, and maybe this is a, a sign that it was effective but i i felt oddly like uneasy throughout a lot of this plot it's no it is it's it's a little bit uncomfortable because geordie's kind of pushing quite a bit early on right yeah. and and it's like you and you know you can tell pretty quickly she's not really into it she's not feeling the same way and it feels creepy, stalkerish, a little bit uncomfortable. I think that is kind of the point. It, yeah, it kind of is. It, I didn't actually enjoy the experience all that much. It, it was kind of this mm. like anxiety that <laughs> was just kind of getting in the way of me enjoying the... the I don't know, because ultimately, because like, we find out she's married, of course. Like She reveals that, you know, like halfway or so through the episode. And when she realizes that George is kind of trying to, you know, make, you know, put the moves on, She's like, wait a minute. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You know all this stuff, but you don't know I'm married? Yeah. Um, 
And ultimately, it's kind of... Don't me wrong. Some of it's funny. Early on, like, Jordy finds out she's coming. He's even a little bit inappropriate when Picard mentions that she's coming aboard. It kind of like, oh, this is great news. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I'm excited. And Picard's like, why? And he, kind of, he tries to, you know, calm himself down a little bit and say it in a professional manner. But it still comes across a little bit like a teenager who's excited that he's getting to meet his, uh, his crush. Is a bit, yeah. But there's, there's a couple of funny beats. You know, he's talking to Gainan, and Gainan's, like, sniffing this out immediately. Like, there's something not right about all this. He's too excited about this woman. And Jordy, as he's leaving, look, I'm not expecting anything romantic necessarily, but I, I'm pretty sure we're going to be good friends. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, she's going to hate him. And yeah. the, f- the first thing she says when she realizes who Jordy is, and when I say who Jordy is, I just mean the engineer aboard the Enterprise. She doesn't, she doesn't know him personally yet. Uh, it's by reputation. Yeah. The first thing she says, oh, you've been the one messing up all my engineering designs. <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, so it starts off in that funny beat and you can kind of see the funny beat coming because it's, it's well set up in that sense. But once we go past that and we have Jordy kind of trying to be nice and then inviting her like to dinner, which, you know, he presents as, okay, like we're not getting along very well. Let's try and like plan out what we're going to do over the next couple of days of this visit. The... The things we want to address in the in the engine and the and the you know all the modifications that I've made because I like that part of it. I like the idea that we have literally seen plots every few episodes. It feels like since the start of the show, where they're they're in a situation where Jordy has to think up of some makeshift solution to like either tinker with the engine or tinker with the warp core or tinker with something on the ship to make the Enterprise do something or survive something it's not really supposed to yeah, or was ever thought of. Standard Star Trek fair at yeah. this point. And I kind of love the idea of the engineer who designed all of this coming on board and saying, what have you done to my baby? And not understanding why there's all these like extra things been added and tinkered <laughs> with. And like that, that's kind of funny. It's, it's it Frankenstein, a child, essentially. Yeah. Um, but she kind of obviously, over the course of the episode, it starts to become more impressed with some of the, the, the modifications. Yeah. Um, I will say, I don't know if I ever quite... Because, again, I was anxious throughout when he was trying to, like, ask her to dinner. See the whole scene where he's in his quarters and he's, like, trying to find the right light and then the right music, and I'm like, oh, Jordy. Oh. Do, do you know why I think I was okay? Because I understand why this is uncomfortable and awkward to watch, right? Yeah. I think I've seen just so much British TV with the, the cringe just factor that is baked oh. in inherently in that. Like, it's such a big part of, especially British comedies, where it's just, it's uncomfortable to watch. And it's like, oh, you, you, it's funny, but, but you just, it's like a train wreck. You don't want to look away. There's so many British comedies like that. And, and I think it's desensitized me a little bit so that I'm okay uh, yeah, with this maybe. now. I, cause, you know, it gets to the point where she, she wants to see these, the schematics and things and, she ends up finding the hologram program. She gets like an ensign to help her find something. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll go. Oh, there's a program here that the whole point of which is to look at the original design. And and of course, we remember this from last season, right? And she, or two seasons ago, whatever it was. And she goes to the holodeck and you're like, oh no. And you just, you, you fill with dread. And Jordy comes running in trying to like, you know, catch her before it's too late. And she's already like looking at herself and the hologram version is saying something really cheesy and almost kind of dirty. Like every time you touch the engine, you're touching me. Something like that. Yeah, effect. yeah. And I remember that being awkward and cringy yeah. in, the, in the original episode as well. And I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. And on the one hand, this is a private holodeck thing. You could you could equate this holodeck program kind of the same way we talked about with uh, with uh, Barclay. The idea yes. that 
okay, it's a bit weird that he's actually using the program to do this, but it's kind of an extension of just one's fantasy. It's kind of private. It's you know, no one is ever judged or even has discovered what they think about in their minds. If, if you know, if you have like a really embarrassing little fantasy in your head, that's not even a real fantasy. It's just something you think about for ten minutes and go, oh, yeah, that's silly, and move on. No one ever knows. It doesn't matter. But there's a record of it here, right? And this idea that she is invaded upon something that is essentially supposed to be just for him, regardless of how you know weird it might come across. Like, you know, like how how many people in the world would look at you differently if you'd known what you'd fantasized about? <laughs> like, I think for everyone, that's you know going to be yeah. A there's, numeral... there's almost a point there where everyone knows everyone's thoughts, so it kind of all just cancels out, and everyone goes, eh, whatever. I, I, yeah, in a weird way. Um, so th- I think that's the defense for Jordy here to, to, to an extent is that especially since it's not like the program was started with you know a nefarious kinky purpose in I, mind it and, was... and I think you can kind of defend Jordy throughout don't get me wrong she's clearly not that receptive to his advances mm. but he's not being like aggressive he's not being out of line he obviously no, she, no. he has no idea that she's married so he doesn't even realize he's, he's hitting on it like you know a married woman or anything like that um, and and did, once she does did, turn that, he, he he does back off. Did he not have rings in Star Trek? <laughs> like, is she not wearing a ring that he could have noticed? It's just conveniently never mentioned or brought up. No, that's a fair point. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I don't I didn't see a ring on her hand, admittedly. I, I mean, because let's face it, the whole point of a wedding ring largely is just so that everyone else knows from that point on that it's a married person. That's one of the main yeah. purposes of said ring. That, uh, <laughs> it, it might not be a thing in in I Trek's mean, future because. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We we know there's basically no religion. It we, seems, have to, in, in, uh, in, in we have to go back and, we have to go back and watch the Keiko wedding. See if Keiko's got a ring on. Yeah, this is it. With there being a lot of like lack of religion, I'm wondering if a lot of the customs around things such as marriage are pretty heavily changed from what we know. It's possible. It's, just, it's something that occurred to me. Like just conveniently, this was never even addressed and unless it's something that's been established before that we've forgotten but i, I don't think it is yeah I, anyway, I don't recall ever hearing of a wedding ring in trek but anyway alternatively though i don't actually think the episode in jordy actually does enough to convince her that this isn't weird and like skeevy because he kind of just yells at her and says that you know he tried to extend the hand of friendship she turned it down um but he doesn't actually explain enough of what you know how it turned into this like i feel like if I were Jordy, I'd be like, look, it started off as this, the computer gave me a hologram of you because you're the one who understood the engine, and it just kind of, like, it was a time of stress, and I think the, the hologram or the computer was trying to, like, relax me through your hologram, and it kind of, and I admit, it got a bit weird, and I kind of got attached. It's, it's odd, I admit it, but, yeah. you know, no, that's I, the I extent. This is a perfectly fair complaint, uh, and I don't disagree. I, I mean, if I were to attempt to defend it at this point, I would suggest maybe... Kind of you know, what we were talking about a minute ago with, you know, you don't really judge on the, the holodeck fantasies really that much. Maybe just after a bit of time, she kind of cools down from the shock of it and comes around a little bit on her yeah. own merits. I mean, it's one of these things where, you know, he says that it never went any further than like this dialogue. And, you know, it's just, as far as we saw, it never did, right? But, yeah. like, there's the possibility that it did go somewhere. Like, and she doesn't know that it didn't. She doesn't know him that well to just take him at his mm-hmm. word necessarily. So at the end of the episode, when they're smiling, saying, oh, I'm happy I got to know you, and, you know, sorry I was being a, you know, commergeny, you know, know-all, and he's apologizing, and, you know, they, they both had these expectations of each other, and they're apologizing for expecting things, and yada, yada, yada. 
I mean, all the message in there is fine to wrap up the episode. All, all, everything they're saying there makes sense to end the story with those sentiments. It's just a bit weird to me that I, I don't feel like she ever actually got the full story of what this was. Um, it, it, it didn't actually have to come from him necessarily. She could have just asked to like replay more of it and see how it ended or something like that. Uh, it's, and, yeah, you know. it's it's possible. I mean, for all we know, she does that off screen in, in the oh, sense yeah. that because uh, when Geordie leaves the room, she stays in there with the program still on, uh, paused, but on, from what I recall. Yeah, it just sort uh, of ends with a moment of her looking like she's like reconsidering the anger she's just like unleashed on him. Yeah, so maybe maybe we don't see it, but maybe she does play more of it and go, okay, no, this kind of is it. And and then in the, the, the crisis and respecting the professional vision that he clearly has. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll give you, I'll give it this. I do at least appreciate that her implication when she's mad at him here is very much, like, sexual. Like, it never outsays it too much, but the way she kind of accuses him of using this hologram for his sick fantasy, it's definitely implying that it's, like, you know, you know kinky interactive porn. Hmm. And I know that, okay, we kind of implied that again with, with Barclay, but, again, that was played more for laughs, you know, you know, it was really funny having, like, Troy see, like, herself sure. and stuff. Like, it, it was played for comedy. This, this was played a bit more straight in her reaction to this, of, of like, how sort of sick and sort of... I think she actually uses the word violate. She feels violated by this existing... Um, and, I, and that's where you know if, if I think about it a little bit more I start to think about well you know at what point is this just an extension of a fantasy that's in someone's head and at that point you know is this any different than someone keeping a diary and saying what they're thinking a lot of and then someone reads it later on is it really on them that you read right. their it's, diary it's not like he's <laughs> sharing this with the world yeah uh, you know he, he and there's nothing wrong with someone having as many you know sexual depraved sick nasty fantasies <laughs> as they as they want it's just it's kind of a thing and mm. no one never is judged for it well it depends how sick they are i suppose but <laughs> <laughs> you can't be judged for it if you don't tell anyone about uh, them. yes i suppose um because uh, essentially all, all he's really done here is developed a crush on someone and you know yeah. and jordy because he is a good person is quite harmless there's never any you know but it is very cringeworthy because it is so it, yeah, I, I don't know. The whole the whole thing is very cringy to me at various points, and that's not necessarily a problem because I do think that it should be cringy and it's kind of by design. I just don't know if I loved the plot even being tackled. <laughs> that's fair. There are a lot of people who just don't enjoy watching cringy things. Like it's it is like not that nice to watch, right? There's there's types of cringe that I can enjoy. There absolutely yeah. is, but you know, I, I could take the office cringe any day of the week yeah, yeah. Well, that's not too bad on the on the cringe scale although i have spoken to a uh, th this is the 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 uk office i'm assuming you're referring to here i mean both uh, either one they both have elements of cringe fair i i find the uk one is is much heavier on the cringe and i have spoken to some americans in the past who just can't get past it even in that mm. um, um i get it yeah i just it's just, it's weird because I, I do think there's those good elements here, and I like the overall sentiment that it's making, and it does end on the right point. I I almost wanted guiding because because the episode ends with them they're in ten forward. She gets another private communication. She had one of those at the start of the episode that we didn't hear who it was, but it was kind of obvious when we later found out she was married. And then this time she actually says, "Yeah, it's my husband," and she walks off and leaves Jordy sitting there on his own. Um, and the episode just ends there. The credits you know start playing, but I I kind of wanted guiding to come up and go. 
Mm, just, just like, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Nothing romantic, eh? Little, 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 Got his dinner table laid out, and he's like, oh, no, no, it's a bit mood computer. No, raise the lights a little bit, just a little bit. Just a, yeah, there, there it is, yeah. A little bit of jazz. No, not jazz, yeah. that's not right. <laughs> and of course, he's like, maybe some Brahms. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm glad he acknowledged that would be cheesy and terrible. Yeah, I can't just say here, though. He was looking forward to her, and would you believe it, Brahms was disappointing. <laughs> Who could have ever predicted that Brahms could be disappointing? <laughs> Do you know what? I I have sworn to never watch the boy mm-hmm. because I don't want to shatter the uh, the illusion, the fantasy that that maybe Brahms is amazing. <laughs> maybe maybe T- Tim is right, and and for all I know, it's it's possible. Like right now, it's Schrodinger's boy. I will never know. Yeah, well. There we go. That's that's that plot. <laughs> um, they have to work together, of course, to solve a crisis that's happening. But that's more to do with the other plot. They just happen. Obviously, they're just which solving it. is a lot more straightforward, and it's fine. But it's like barely any of the runtime in comparison. Yeah, there is like one beat of it that's really good, and the beat of it is that they find this life form uh, floating in space, and they're all just keeping their distance, whatever. But then it starts to like. Like you know, radiates them. It's got like this beam kind of thing, and it's like okay, we have to defend ourselves. So just as light as possible, just give it a light blast, right? The lowest settings possible on the on the the phaser or whatever. And unfortunately, like the, the life readings go away after they do this, right? And the thing's been killed. And I think in the moment, because there's this intense close up in Picard's face, where the gravity that they've just killed, they've just discovered this new species that no human has ever discovered before. Perhaps no one in the Federation has ever discovered before and they've just killed it and i think picard's pain over of that i like that like that that couple of minutes when he thinks he's killed this thing and it turns out he has if, if anything when he finds out it was pregnant and there's a baby you know alien thing inside it, it's even like harsher I, I think i think there's a little bit of relief in that okay he didn't at least commit genocide which was a possibility for all he knew oh, this, this was the last of its kind and yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, i mean I, I imagine those were the the thoughts going through his head at that moment yeah, but um, I, I, and I, I do think that that moment is fantastic, and that horror that he does, and I think that's this this plot kind of peaks here, which is a shame because yeah. it's like the start of the plot. Yeah, and his performance there is really good. Otherwise, it's just you know the baby attaches itself to the ship after they perform a C section, uh, as previously mentioned, and they figure out where the original alien was going. It's this asteroid belt. Turns out there's other life forms just like this there, and they just have to do some engineering fanciness to get away from the ship. Because it's, it's kind of like stuck to the back of the ship for uh, most of the it's episode. feeding on it. Yeah. Sucking the energy. Um, and Jordi and, and Brahms are able to dispel it with science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, how there much was, more attention um, did you want me to pay you know, for that? Just a, just a side thing. I did notice there was a uh, an actual Star Wars reference in this. What? Uh, well, well, her name is Leah Brahms. Right? Uh-huh. And there's a point where someone, uh, one or two people, uh, about halfway through the episode, switch and call her Leia. And and that's a thing that happens in, in I think it is the first Star Wars film, where some people call her Leia and some people call her Leia. Uh, there's like a weird, like, you know, 
people weren't told how to pronounce the name properly on set, I guess. Uh, so it kind of switches back and forth. And I thought, okay, th th that being done intentionally here was a, was a nice little nod. I never noticed it in Star Wars, and I didn't notice it in this episode, so... You'll notice it if you ever happen to watch Star Wars again, which I'm sure you will. <laughs> you, you're going to have to do it for a review at some point, Don't... you know it. That's true. I'd have a sci-fi movie podcast. That, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That eventually, I'm going to have to review Star Wars on, and I'm not looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically the episode. It's, it, it's not bad. There's some nice qualities to it. I, I, I found it a tough watch in places, though, and... I, I don't know if like I, I think like you say the actors have decent chemistry the, the points that it's making I do think it kind of glosses over a couple of the, the, the key like revelations that feel like the, the characters fair. could have needed a bit more of like on un, un, you know unpacking that but mm. um but ultimately I don't know if the actual message and the payoff ever quite completely justifies the cringiness that, of sitting through <laughs> a lot of it was oh, I, I'm in for the cringe I, I was there for it that was some of the most enjoyable part of the episode for me, just watching him crash and burn and, and just be so terrible at this. Well, that was Galaxy's Child. Next episode is called Night Terrors, and this is the description on IMDb. The Enterprise gets trapped in a Tykin's Rift, an energy-absorbing rupture in space where all but Data, Troy, and Gainan experience rising hallucinations and paranoia. What, what a unlikely trio. Run around yeah, the I'm ship. trying to think what, why. <laughs> I mean, data, sure. Uh, It'll be a species thing because Troy and Gainan are both different. No, they are, but it's not like it's only affecting humans either, is it? So I was wondering if there's something specific True. that linked them. Uh, I imagine something to do with the empath abilities of Troy, maybe mm. circumvents it. And then Gainan's this, you know, ancient race is really wise, so I guess. Sci-fi mystic mumbo-jumbo. I mean, her race <laughs> deals with the, 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 the Q, you know, collective and all that bollocks so that that's true yeah it's not collective was it q continuum that sounds right oh god it's been a while since q's popped up i can't remember um sure it won't be long i'm sure it won't be long uh but that's night terror so that's what's coming next time uh you kind of let us know what you thought of galaxy's child in the comments you can like and subscribe liking is super important it is the free way to support us and uh, helps us find new new audience members and all that jazz. You can also support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. And $1 per month is more than we would make if, you know, it was more than we would make if you watched every single ad on every single video we put out in a month. We'd make more from the dollar on Patreon than we would off all the ad money. So, a uh, dollar's a lot is what I'm saying. This is, you know, if you, th if you think that's too little and not worth the effort, no, it's just, the dollar's amazing. So, uh, you get some bonuses and there's higher tiers and all the rest of it so go and have a look uh, otherwise catch us on twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching Star Trek and somewhere out there Wesley Crusher is in complete control <laughs>